Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, what's happening, everyone? Hope you enjoyed this show that's about to come up. Before we get to it, just want to give you all a heads up about Redmen Plus, the ultimate Liverpool streaming service. If you want more Liverpool content, both in video and podcast form, head over to redmenplus.com, sign up, and you'll get even more amazing Redmen content every single day. I promise you will not regret it. It is absolutely fantastic. Hope you enjoy this show. Well, there's a lot of that going on, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned obviously the, the potential impending takeover, the fact that Liverpool are certainly, you know, essentially up for sale, yeah. certainly open for investment, whichever way you want to look at it, really. But yeah, you're right. Julian Ward's been the club since 2012 in some sort of capacity. Yeah. Obviously, takes over from Michael Edwards, and it's an interesting point in that it's such a pivotal role, the sporting director role, but especially at a football club like Liverpool and the way that we're run. And what sort of emerge on the back end of this story is that he might be looking at potentially changing the way they run. So, just quick, what has his role sort of entailed? What was expected of him and not only that what could be coming further down the line potentially then yeah well I suppose we start with what he was doing so I mean he's had a he's a great success story of Liverpool really if you look at it you know Michael Edwards being one he he is definitely one in the sense of he was recruited as part of a you know a bit of a, a restructure under FSG in the in the Brendan Rodgers era you know just at the start of it that they, they, they took three three or four key members of staff from City's recruitment team two of them are still in place for now. We'll yeah. check our phone at the end of the, the show. <laughs> Dave Fallows, the the um, head of recruitment, Barry Hunter, the chief scout, Julian, massive um, protege really of Dave Fallows. You know, worked with him at City, and he came along as well. He was originally a, a scout and manager for sort of Iberia, if you want to call it that, sort of mm-hmm. Portugal, Spain. Yeah, um, worked under that, and then it was. A new role was created essentially, and he 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 took it on the first first person purely in charge of loan pathways and football partnerships. And I think it was underrated. Well, I say it's underrated. It's probably not the right way of putting it. It, it went under the radar how well he did in that role because if you mm. think about Liverpool, what what the club was like, it was awful at selling players. It was awful at uh, you know contingency plans and young yeah. players would come and drift in and out and go out and be sold for buttons and then you know years later you'd think oh did we make a mistake with that hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass- so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. If you look at what they've done, you know, a lot of the a lot of the the credit that they've had for things like getting great fees for players who aren't wanted that that comes down to that loan policy and that mm-hmm. that that role at Jules and and now David Woodfine um take part in you know you think of Ryan Brewster keeping his value high Harry Wilson Marco Gruwich Tewo yeah. Wanyi you know countless others you know you you'll think you'll think of many others as, as we go on here mm-hmm. um so when it came to the point where I think I think FSG was sort of they must have had an inkling that Michael Edwards was I wouldn't say wavering but you know what are we going to do when he goes that mm. they obviously decided it was the the best way was to to create a, a contingency plan from within and Jules was the the ideal person to do that. Yeah. Um I think what helped massively is I think you need a figurehead and you need a person that that's sort of you know, in the media the same we need this guy to pin everything on. But I think what what was clear from speaking to people around Liverpool and speaking to Jules himself, mm. it was always a much more collaborative effort. So Dave Fallows had a major part to play right. in certain things. Barry Hunter has a big part to play. Ian Graham has mm. a big part to play in his research team. Yep. The scouts on the ground have you know. So it's it was never about one person, but you did need that the mm. guy to sort of. I think the basically the one to take it to the owners and say, look, are we going? Are we? Is it yes or no on this? Absolutely. Yeah. If it's yes, we're going to do it this way. If it's no, right, mm. can we do this? And now the question is, what does that process look like? Are you? Is it the manager taking taking it? You know, the, the suggestions obviously in that regard, and it's an obvious suggestion to make. Really, that is it. Is it now largely in the hands of the the football staff? Mm-hmm. Um, will there be someone recruited from outside who doesn't have that way of working, or yeah. or doesn't have that? Um, what's the word sort of knowledge of the process with the club <laughs> will it even be FSG doing the yeah, doing yeah, the re- restructuring it, yeah. and that's the that's probably the biggest question yeah. of all but what what I would say is it's I think it's important to to, to stress mm. that what Liverpool have, have insisted for many years is that no one individual will define the, the structure mm-hmm. maybe maybe aside from Klopp maybe maybe that would be the only person that you would say and, and I think they'd even deny that to a degree yeah. but no one person there's no sort of it's not a Jenga tower where you take one out and it all falls apart they, they yeah. believe it's the, the right people in place but that was before we're starting to lose people you know you, you look at that That that's three three key Jenga, Jenga pieces to yeah, keep that, that analogy going taken yeah. out in the space of you know a month yeah, it's uh, 
It's interesting times, isn't it? And there's two ways of looking at it, really. You can look at the positive side of things, say, listen, they've always dealt with these sort of setbacks, if you like, and managed to get the right people in place. But then you look at the other side of it and you hear the reports coming out about potential sale and all of a sudden key figures, like you say, start moving on. And just on Ward then, so you mentioned obviously Mike Gordon's influence and the fact that he's been kind of taken off. He's been sort of re- redeployed yeah, like, yeah, to yeah, a new yeah. role. You clearly, well, he said himself that that's a big part of his rationale behind leaving. But do you think as well... Moreover, the fact that the club is going through a little bit of uncertainty, think that's played a, a decision? I, th- I think it, it, it has to. I mean, you couldn't... I mean, to be honest, my, my, my instinct would say, wouldn't wouldn't you be more likely to stay it, it, with that in mind because you're thinking, well, it could be an exciting time or, yeah. you know, it could be a... You know, I mean, he's, he's leaving and he's, his contract is up. He's leaving... He is contracted, so he's leaving of his own accord. Absolutely, so, you know, yeah. listen, I, I, I'm, I don't have any... any inkling whatsoever that money really plays that big a part but you would say that well, listen if you stay and people give you the payoff you know that, that that's obviously you'd say that's more beneficial sure, sure. than yeah, walking yeah, away from a job you know you'd always say that yeah but I think it's also important you know we never really it's very easy and we're gonna do, we're doing a show on it and, and, and it is the the talking point is always the club and the club and the club, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and what's going on within the club. Yeah. There's also individuals at play. And Michael Edwards said, you know, if you think about his leaving statement, he said, you know, I've done ten years and I've always believed that, you know, change is important for growth and yeah. all these kind of mm-hmm. things. It's important to remember Julian and Mike, Michael Edwards were very tight. Mm. They worked together an awful long time. So if one was feeling that, there's every chance the other was feeling that and, and, and you know, was experiencing all the same sort of feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a young family. He's, as I say, he's 41 years of age. He's not an old football. You know, he's not been in the game for, for 30 right, years. Yeah. The way the way it was put to me is he's, you know, he's a quarter of his life has been spent at Liverpool. It's a lot of um, pressure. It's yeah. a lot of scrutiny. It's a lot of demands on your time and on your energy and on your you know your what your, your mind yeah um so it's important to factor all those things in mm. but i do also think i think at a wider angle i think it's also one thing i think would be easy to say is there's a lot of uncertainty around the club regardless of what happens whether the club gets taken over or not mm. i think there's still a lot of uncertainty and i think the job would be a difficult one to do and in my opinion in the current guys, it's getting more and more difficult. Yeah, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? It was a difficult job anyway, like I touched upon earlier. In the way we're run in terms of our sporting project or model, if you like, mm. that is integral. Like We all lauded Michael Edwards for the job he did for so many years. And as you rightfully say, with the, the aid of Julian Ward mm. and others around him. But when Michael Edwards left, it was a case of like, oh, like will, this Ward, will Ward be able to step up to the plate, if you like? And that's why it's come as such a surprise today, I think, for so many, because it's so soon after yeah. he took the role, really. I think we all, I don't really know the length of his contract, but I imagine it wasn't a year, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's a really interesting one on on that regard. Um, Just on the ingrained things, obviously it comes literally hours later. um, Obviously, director of research, you mentioned him as sort of part of that team there. How sort of integral was he to all of that and his day-to-day role? And where could the club potentially go next in there? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, he's he's very much you know the the analytic side of it and the research director of research. Obviously, I mean, he's. I know how highly regarded he is in analytic communities. Yeah. I'm sure you'll see some of the reaction from from prominent figures in there on on, on social media and yeah. his team. You know, uh, uh, it was described to me as it's sort of like you know NASA is the, the way it was described. You know, that, that sort of that those type of knowledge and mm. so and you know levels that they operate at. You know, the yeah. detail that they go into. You look at it's always been 
the biggest challenge I think in football, and it's always been a bit of a misconception with Liverpool. I, I personally think is that it's combining the the eye test, if you want to call it that, with the numbers test, and mm-hmm. and, and you know there'll always be the people, and we always remember. I always remember, sorry, the the Michael Edwards sort of hit piece that was done years and years ago about being a laptop guru yes, and he yeah, doesn't yeah. watch a game and he this and that. Based on old school scouts, you know, sort of really seeing their their work diluted or changed. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, I think, have done it better than a lot of clubs in terms of getting the balance right between buying on algorithms and numbers and, mm. and, and analytics and also building relationships with agents and building relationships with, with clubs and yeah. sporting directors and also knowing what a good player is yeah, by, just course. by watching them. Um, but the, a key part of that is really the numbers are done to, to guide what they're looking for, mm-hmm. or what the what the game model looks like in yep. terms of what they're trying to do, what players f- seem to fit it, and then when they when they do see but find the player, okay, let's have a look at the, the underlying stuff, and mm-hmm. you know you look at some of the hits that they've had really off numbers. I mean, I think Mohamed Salah is the best the best possible example you can get of it. You know, a massive analytics sort of hit, yeah, and, and that's paid off handsomely. I think Sadio Mane falls <laughs> into the same category. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Diogo Jota was in that category. Mm. I wouldn't be at all amazed if if Darwin Nunes and Luis Diaz were were, were, were very much heavily on that that yeah. um, curve. <laughs> you sort of look at the team that Liverpool built. It was it was great. Well, it is a great team. Was a great team certainly. Mm. It wasn't built on. It wasn't built on mega stars. It wasn't built on players who you, you everyone sort of said straight away. Well, that's an obvious one. It was a, it was built an awful lot on players that you said, right, okay, yeah, good player. Will he go to the next level? And so many of them. Did. Andy Robertson, great example. Yeah, Genie Wijnaldum, great example. Sadio Mane, yeah. even even someone like Fabinho. Even if Fabinho, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, to be honest, I I'd even say Virgil Van Dijk would be one that you say yeah. he looked. When, when he people signed, scoffed, I think everyone thought he was going to be amazing. Million, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he wasn't. You know, you look and say he never played, never played sort of top, uh, top, top yeah, level. Yeah. He never played World Cup. He, you know, he played a little bit in the Champions League and things. Like that. It was a, it was a gamble that Liverpool took, mm. especially that money, and it paid off so handsomely. You know, so I think with all those pieces in place, yeah. I think that was what enabled it to happen. It wouldn't have worked mm. if you just had a really, really good scout with a good eye for a player or you had a really good um, connection in Portugal or Brazil or wherever you needed all of those pieces in place and of course you needed the manager that was going to yeah. mould it all together and yeah. you know, be the be the final sort of uh, piece of the jigsaw yeah that's it and we've been you don't use the word fortunate but we've been you know yeah. very blessed to blessed have all the right way, people yeah. in the in the in place at the same time and now all of a sudden like you alluded to earlier it seems like a couple of the kind of all walking away in one go I you? think as well it, it does it, it's sort of one of the things that in all the debate around the owners, it's sort of I think it sometimes gets lost a little bit because things are said I, I like, oh, if it wasn't for Klopp or it wasn't for Michael Edwards, mm. where would the FSG be? But you have to remember that they, they put these people in the in the position. You know, so that is one of their successes is that yeah. you know, we don't know everything, but we know someone who, who knows a lot more than anyone else and we'll put him in that right position. You know, we yeah, we don't spend the most money, but we'll we've got the manager who makes sure that we don't need to spend the most money or yeah. the sporting director. So I think that is you know, you can you can look at it both ways. You can say that's a, a negative towards FSG because they're not, you know, they're willing to or they're not willing to spend in a way that guarantees success. No. But also, I think it shows a smartness on their part. And I think that is the bigger question. It leads to the obvious que- suggestion, doesn't it? In my opinion, is this 
is this the ship sort of yeah, emptying yeah. before before the, everything changes? Mm. I think I think it's a fair fair comment to make or a fair sort of thread to pull at. Um, but it'll be interesting definitely to see one what the impact is in the short term. Yeah, January just around the corner. That's exactly You've it. You've got yeah. a few big decisions to come then and in the summer. Mm. How quickly does the the you know investment slash takeover story move on, mm-hmm. if at all? And also, can can FSG if they let's say they were still in place as majority owners come to start the next season? Mm-hmm. Can their model carry on working without these key figures in key positions? That's it, because that's one of the big that's one of the big talking points from today, really, as well. But also, when it was announced that Michael Edwards was leaving, it was oh, Michael Edwards going to leave at the end of the season. But Julian Ward's mm. coming. There's been none of that today. Is Julian yeah. Ward's going to leave, and we're not entirely sure. Which obviously smacks with the fact that we don't know who the owner's going to be by that time yeah. potentially. So there's no real contingency plan in place there. But as you rightly mentioned, Paul Joyce today for the Times um, wrote that Jurgen Klopp has taken a more hands-on approach to life at Liverpool, essentially. In recruitment stuff like that over the last 12 months um, and also the Liverpool are potentially looking to reconsider their sporting model which is an interesting line um, where does that leave us really? Yeah I mean I suppose it's well, a couple of things it shows one I think it is an unexpected development for Liverpool mm-hmm. Julian I think is is I don't think that was you know the contingency with Michael Edwards was already in place for you know what 10 months yeah. before he announced or it, it emerged that he was going to leave mm-hmm. Um I think this has caught Liverpool a lot more on the hop in terms of, oh, right, okay, you know, we thought we were just going to carry on as course, yeah. as normal a little bit. Um, so I understand why there, there isn't a, you know, there isn't a, there isn't an assistant sporting director at the club at the moment. So that's quite obvious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the the, the fact, fact that Liverpool have sort of even even the sort of off the record steers that you've had from from people around the club is that. It's all up in the air a little bit, and, yeah. and and you know everything's on the table in terms of right. We, it could be. I mean, I actually don't really know what the model, what different models there are really. You know, there's not many clubs now that don't have a sporting director. There's not yeah. many clubs that don't have a sort of that pretty clear structure. I think if you looked around the Premier League and the top European clubs, you'd be able to find a pretty good tree of you know people in key positions. So I don't know what it looks like if you say you're going to a different model. Whether it means someone from outside, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was joking with someone today about are we going back to the transfer committee? You know, we, surely we're not going back to those days and those conversations. <laughs> um, are we going to a manager-led um, policy where yeah. you know a bit of a Sir Alex Ferguson That's at Manchester exactly. United or Arsenal Wenger at Arsenal? And I mean, they're they're sort of two great examples and probably opposite sides of the coins if you look at the the way it worked out for both of those mm-hmm. clubs in yeah. the latter certainly in the latter stages of those two managerial reigns. Um, I think probably the the most obvious conclusion to draw at the moment is probably that it's, it's that it's, it's it's they're looking at maybe management led and mm. you know it's interesting because I think Jurgen knows a player and I think Jurgen yeah. has got sway and pull. It's also interesting in the sense that you know that's a lot of responsibility for someone uh, you know who's already got an awful lot on his shoulders. Thanks for listening. If you want even more boss content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.